You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. Welcome everybody to another edition of the OKC82 Podcast. I am Brady Trantham. With me as always is my faithful co-host. Co-host, excuse me. It's late. So forgive forgive the uh, slip. It is late. It is late. Uh, Miss Madison Morris. Hello, hello. Uh, Um... First half was probably the best basketball the Thunder have played in this young season. Offense and defense, both sides of the floor. The ball was moving. Uh, scoring was fairly balanced. Russell played uh, smart basketball, didn't force anything. Uh, the defense was really, really great. And, of course, the Thunder were fortunate that Boston decided to shoot 0 for 11 from the three-point line. Absolutely. Boston also, Yeah, Boston also only went to the foul line eight times and hit three of their foul shots. So the Celtics and the Thunder kind of agreed, yeah, let's just not shoot free throws well in the first half. And then the Celtics dropped 40 points and in the third quarter. halftime happened. Al Horford hits three threes in a 41-second span in the middle of the third quarter. Uh, the Celtics shoot 9 of 13 from the three-point line. The Thunder shoot 9 of 21 overall from the floor. They were outscored 40 to 23 in the third quarter. And a 16-point lead at halftime for the Thunder was turned into a two-point uh, deficit going into the fourth quarter. And even though the Thunder started off strong for the for the most part in that fourth quarter, uh, having a I believe a ninety four eighty eight or ninety five eighty four lead, excuse me, in the final four four and a half minutes left, uh, the Thunder meltdown. They get outscored yes. sixteen to one the rest of the way, and a bad bad Russell Westbrook um, three point attempts with twenty two seconds left down three uh, that hit that hit um, hit the rim. Bounced off Boston, gets the uh, rebound, free throws, game over. It's all over. over. Yeah. It's all over it, from there. It was, it was just like last year. I mean, the Thunder had yeah. a big lead, um, high like high energy first half, only to get outscored by the Celtics in the second half and ultimately lose. So this team's 0-4, and when are we going to start treating them like a, a bad team? Because I think a lot of people are still, especially national people, are kind of of the opinion it's the season's young, and it is. The Thunder can, of course, turn this around. They have the talent, but when are we going to start treating this team like it is a poor shooting team that, when their shots aren't falling, can get beaten by just about anybody in the league? I think a lot of people are starting to wonder that too. And Paul George said in his post game tonight, "We're not worried. Like it's it's still young. There's a lot of games to be played, and he's just like not worried at all." I. I'm not entirely worried yet, but I think that if the Thunder drop the game on Sunday to the Suns, I think that's when it's time to start being a little worried. Well, I'll actually kind of disagree because I kind of thought... Really? Well, yeah, if the Thunder... I kind of thought going into this game, if the Thunder won tonight Mm -hmm. and then drop that Suns game, then this is just the same team as it was last year. Yeah. And they're saying the same things that they said last year. We'll figure it out. Like... um. Russell said that that fourth quarter, he, he took ownership, of course, which is good on him as the leader. Yeah. He said, that's on me. I'm not going to allow this to get worse. You know, so credit to him for taking ownership. But we heard all that stuff last year. We heard all the same stuff last year. And we heard the same excuses last year of give them time. They're, they're going to figure it out. You can figure it out when you're two and two. You can figure it out when you're one and three. I mean, to Billy Donovan's credit, he said in the post game. They've played the two best teams, and, and one, you know, a lot of people kind of misread my my tweet, which was a quote from Billy Donovan. He said, we played the two best teams in the West and the East. What he meant was we played the best team in the West and probably one of 
the best team in the East and the Boston Celtics. Now, standing-wise, of course, that's not true. Mm -hmm. But Golden State and Boston in your first four games, yeah, you're probably you're going to be hard-pressed to win those, even though one of them was at home. But and Russell Westbrook's only played two games. Um, I'm sorry. Like we we know the shooting on this team. You just go down the roster. There's not a lot of consistent shooting on this team, mm-hmm. and they're taking so many threes. They're taking so many outside shots, which are good shots. They're getting good shots. They're just not hitting them, and it's just going to come down to this team hitting their shots. And you can say that about any team in the league. If the Sacramento Kings hit all their shots, they'll beat you. If the Atlanta Hawks hit all their shots, they will they're beat, you. beat you. They're going to beat you. So like. I don't know. Like I'm not trying I'm not trying to panic, but I, I'm just I'm just saying what I see. This is a mm-hmm. poor shooting team that takes a lot of shots and for the most part, especially from the foul line, for the most part, unless something drastic happens, and I'm not saying fire anybody, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm in terms of increasing their efficiency, unless something that drastic happens, I don't know how successful this team's going to be. No, and I agree. And I think the cohesiveness of this team, especially in the first half, was definitely notable. And I even wrote down, this looks like a completely different Thunder team, watching them knock down their shots, watching them get good looks. You know, Paul George in the first possession knocks down a two and immediately puts the Thunder up on the board. And I think that gave a lot of people some good hope that this Thunder team was really going to come out firing. And they did in the first half. And I don't know what happened at halftime. It was almost like a switch. I was kind of talking to you before we started recording that, you know, I think the Celtics did kind of what the Thunder usually do, and they go in at halftime and just totally have a game change and come out firing in the third quarter, and that's what they did. But the difference is that the Celtics never stopped firing, and that's why they were able to take this win at the end of the night. Yeah, Oklahoma City starts off on a 15-4 run to start the first quarter, overall playing exceptional basketball. Um, Boston did close on an 8-1 run to end the first quarter, but Boston was just abysmal from everywhere on the floor. They weren't getting to the foul line. They were missing every. They were I missing mean, yeah. everything. Kyrie Irving missed two open looks. Gordon Hayward missed two open looks. Jason Tatum was the only guy keeping Boston afloat in the first half, and he, God, he he had a monster poster on Paul George, who, mm-hmm. who um, I can't remember who tweeted this out. I think Brett Dawson from The Athletic retweeted it, uh, but somebody uh, made the comment, I can't believe Paul George tried to defend a, a fast-break dunk like that, considering that's how he got injured in that, um, yeah. Olymp- that Olympic uh, warm-up game a few years ago. It was kind of the same type of play. Luckily, of course, he doesn't get hurt, but man... That that kind of was like I, I wish I would have taken note when that happened and basically w- what the score was after that play because when Tatum hits that dunk it just kind of rejuvenates Boston they understand that while the Thunder are hitting their shots they understood we're missing our shots we're just missing mm-hmm. good open looks Billy Donovan said so as much in the post game presser and Brad Stevens even said in the post game that they he felt like that his team didn't trust the extra pass that was going to hit that shot. He just didn't like the trust on the on the floor. Second half was a different story. Yeah, no. and I want to ask you this question because I was kind of wondering this while I was watching the first half. Was it the Thunder playing really good defense or was it Boston just having really bad luck on the offensive side? There were there were I don't want to say Boston was just straight missing their shots because like there were a lot of possessions where Oklahoma City swarmed to the basketball and forced mm-hmm. Boston Boston into some bad bad shots and like like I said like I thought that was the best the Thunder looked on both sides of the floor and I'm not going to take any any credit away from them at all because yes you're going to 
any NBA team, Clay Thompson is having an abysmal start to the season. Good shooters, good shooting teams will miss open looks from time to time. But for the most part, you just got to do what you can do on defense. And the Thunder certainly did that in the first half. Second half was a completely different story. But in that same vein, Boston was hitting some tough shots. But it was one of those, it was one of those examples where things just kind of balanced out. And um, I thought, even though the, I thought in the third quarter the Thunder played well because they weathered a storm. Mm-hmm. It could have got worse. The Thunder could have easily folded in that third quarter. Boston hitting everything, scoring 40 points in the quarter. They still scored 23-25 points. They didn't fold on offense. They didn't shoot particularly well, but they didn't fold. And mm-hmm. they gave themselves a chance to make a run in the fourth quarter and, and try and ultimately win the game, and they almost did. It was just that final four and a half minutes where just everything went wrong. I think Russ went 0 for 7, Yeah, and, and it, it, was just, it was just bad. It, you know, for as good as Russell looked in that first game back from injury— this was a this was kind of a bad Russell game. I mean, I but it didn't start out that way. It just kind of ended that way. Well, like in in terms of his shooting, his scoring, like he played really well because he wasn't trying to press anything. Yeah. He wasn't forcing any bad pass. I don't think I don't think he had a turnover in the first half. That was it was a really smart, yeah. efficient fat half by Russell. But just you know, as the th- as Russell goes, the Thunder go. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I kind of want to credit Billy Donovan to this. He did a good job with the rotation tonight, and that's what I kind of noticed. I really liked how he sent in Dennis Schroeder for Terrence Ferguson, and he left Dennis and Russ out on the floor. And something that I thought was interesting, we have always been talking about, like, the point guard is the leader. He is the one who kind of conducts the team on the court. And they had Dennis out there as the guard and put Russ kind of on the wing and I thought that was a really smart move just because I think once the ball gets passed out of Dennis's hands that's when Russell can really take over and do some good stuff and conduct his team but it, it was weird kind of seeing Dennis more in like that position of leadership and control and then seeing Russ kind of cater to whatever Dennis was going to call while he was on the court. Yeah I mean you're going to see that fairly frequently you've got two 20 point per game scores at the point guard with Dennis Schroeder and Russell Westbrook um, Schroeder more of a finesse point guard, whereas Russell is more of a physical brute tank. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, they can play well off the ball with each other on the floor, and they've played a lot of minutes together on the floor. Um, I mean, what, Russell finishes, you know, plays 32 minutes, uh, 13 points on 5 of 20 shooting, 0 for 5 from the three-point line. I believe he was 1 of 7 in uh, the game against the Kings on Sunday night. Um it was just it's just abysmal shooting. You just you just simply look at the box. You don't have to really dig deep into analytics with with this team. You just look at their their splits. They shot thirty nine point four percent from the floor. They shoot twenty five percent from three, and they took twenty eight threes. Mm-hmm. And they shoot fourteen of twenty five, fourteen of twenty five from the free throw line. And I asked Billy in the post game about like what needs to happen from the free throw line, and he kind of skirted it, but he did admit like we left a lot of points on. on off the board by yeah. missing all those all those freebies and Billy just I was trying to get him to say like I mean it's not something as simple as you line everybody up in the gym and make them enforce them to shoot free throws all practice it can't be that simple because tonight I mean I did the math I don't really have it in my I don't feel like digging through my Twitter but you know this wasn't this wasn't an example of you know bad free throw shooters gobbling up most of the free throw attempts it wasn't like all Stephen Adams all Jeremy Grant it wasn't that it was the majority of the free throws were taken by Paul George Russell and Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. 
and you throw in Dennis Schroeder, who had two, and Alex Brinkus, who hit, who missed his only free throw, which was a technical free throw. They yeah. they only hit t- ten free throws out of the, I think the sixteen or seventeen they take, and then the other guys, Jeremy Grant, Stephen Adams, Nerlens Noel, who are about fifty percent free throw shooters, they only hit four of theirs. Mm-hmm. It's just a it's a prop it's a team it's a roster problem. This yeah. team cannot hit free throws, and they've lost some close games already, and a a lot of that can be contrib- contributed to the attributed to the free throw line. I just I just don't understand. No, I I completely agree with you. And every time that we go to practice, we always see the Thunder working on their free throws, and it's just not carrying over onto the court. And that's another thing I'm a little confused by because, like, the Thunder are getting so many opportunities to go to the line, and I think that's what really could save this team when it comes to crucial crunch times, like it did tonight. But the Thunder can't hit those, and that's what's really driving them into just this awful season that's starting off right now. And it's making a lot of people really doubt this team and things that I've noticed just watching this team before I started covering and then now going on year two of covering the Thunder. This team really relies on how Oklahoma City and how Chesapeake Energy Arena comes to life when they're on the floor. And I don't know, like especially in that first quarter when they went on that 11-2 and run, you know, that place was lit up and everyone was just crazy and screaming and just so excited to be there. And you could tell, like, by the players, Russell interacts with the fans when things are like that. And that's when he performs his best. If he gets on a run where he does not feel like he's doing his best, then it definitely shows in his performance. And that's just what's really hurting this team right now. Yeah, you get the Russell Westbrook that presses. When yeah. when the opponent hits a lot of their shots like Boston did in that third quarter, you see a you see a different Russell Westbrook than, different than the player. one that you saw in the first half where he's comfortable. That's what I mean the King that King's loss, it was relatively close I mean, I think the Kings had about a nine, ten point lead perpetually in the first half, but I don't think the, I don't think the Thunder were at all worried they would lose that game because they were playing the Kings. Russell didn't start jacking up those bad threes until the second half, and it was this kind of the same picture here. I think he, I think he took his first two threes in the third quarter once the Celtics started getting a little closer and things got a little bit more tighter. Mm-hmm. That's when Russell will force the issue, and as we saw in the MVP year, he hit a lot of those shots. Mm-hmm. That bad three-point shot that he took tonight, he probably makes that two seasons ago because yeah. that was just the way the ball was rolling for him. It, he was in rhythm. He was on fire that year. And it's just a different story last year and now this year. It's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Billy, I thought Billy kind of threw him under the bus a little bit mm-hmm. in that in the post game because he was specifically asked about that play, and Billy said that he had told Russell, you know, don't force the shot. I want you to try to get to the rim first, or try to look for Steven going towards the rim. And Russell just gets the ball, turns around, split second decision, jacks up a three. <laughs> And again, he said that that was on him. That fourth quarter collapse was on him, and that he's not going to let that happen again. But mm-hmm. like I said, we heard that last year. Yeah. And I don't want to bury this team. There are seventy-eight games left. If my math is correct, it's it's late. If the math is incorrect, you can. I'm pretty sure that's you can, right. You can just sue me. But <laughs> um, write a letter. <laughs> but I, I mean, I don't know because I mean. T- the fans got what they wanted tonight. Terrence Ferguson plays 13 minutes, even though he was a plus six and played decent. You know, he didn't he didn't make any decent. glaring mistakes. He played um, some good, good outside the box score basketball in terms of 
keeping possessions alive here and there, yeah. swinging the ball around, uh, wasn't trying to force the three-point shot to try and get himself into rhythm. That's not the type of player he is. Um, Alex Abrinas plays 18 minutes, and Hamadou Diallo actually plays more. He plays 19 minutes, and still it's just there's for as many three-point shots as this team is taking – you're not seeing a lot of opportunities for the few guys that need to be taking them, mm-hmm. except for Paul George. Now, Paul George, the numbers will tell you he's a very he's a fairly he's a good, decent three yeah. point shooter. But if you followed him for his career, he's extremely streaky. Yeah, he's two for ten tonight from the three point line. His shooting numbers overall have been abysmal outside of that third quarter against Golden State. I think. Um, I think I, if you take away that third quarter before tonight, he was seven of twenty-four from the three-point line in the um, first three games. Now, now it looks much worse. So, I mean, I, I just hate to say that. Yeah, if Paul George hits all like seventy percent of his three-point shots, mm-hmm. the Thunder are probably going to win that game. But you can't rely on that, and that's what the Thunder are trying to rely on: trying to hit bad shots or trying to rely on their guys just just being on fire from the field and. You can't. That's not a recipe for successful basketball, especially when yeah. you have, you know, high aspirations in terms of competing for, you know, a high seed in the Western Conference. No, and I think this, and like this team, is relying very heavily on three pointers right now because in that, in the last couple of seconds in the fourth quarter, when Boston definitely had that lead, it was pretty secure. But Billy Donovan throws Patrick Patterson and Alex Abrinas back in. I'm pretty sure. And I understand throwing Abrinas back in there. He has been pretty reliable, kind of, on, like from beyond the arc. But uh, Patrick Patterson, no. Patrick Patterson finally was able to connect on his three in the third quarter. And I think that... Yeah, he, he, had, he had a very strong end of the third quarter and a very strong beginning of the fourth. He, yeah. hits a th- he hits a three towards the end of the third quarter. Then he hits two. He, hits, he actually hits a layup. Well, it was kind of a layup. It was a tough layup. Nonetheless, but he missed but, but, Pat, but Patterson, you know, as everybody knows, has struggled mightily with hitting shots under the rim. Finally, gets one to go. Then he hits a. I mean, his teammates did him no justice. It was towards the end of the shot clock, and Patterson was kind of forced to um, put his back against the basket, dribble around. I think it was Al Horford, and he just hits a kind of a bad fadeaway shot. He just hit the shot, but it kind of ignited that Thunder run at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and you kind of thought, oh, okay, maybe the Thunder are going to eke this one out, and uh, that that would have been a great win. Yeah, it would have been a great but, win. But yeah, I, I just the the team is just shooting poorly, and if you just sit there and say, well, if they hit their shots, it's like okay, like I've been saying, that's fine. They'll they'll win a game that night. They'll win a game that day. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about a recipe for successful basketball, if like like everyone's been saying, like Billy's been harping on, they he thinks that they've been generating good shots, and they have been. They've been generating the shots that they want. No long twos, um, a lot of paint twos, um, a lot of three point shots. They're just not going to go. They're just not going in. But at the same time, they're relying on guys who aren't going to consistently put the ball in the hoop <laughs> from yeah. from deep. Uh, Patterson is definitely not the player he was with Toronto. Older, just not the same player he was after he got injured. He's not the same player he was last season. He was able to bury some of those threes last season when we needed him most, but this season not so much. Yeah. I know it's only four games in, but still. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Paul George, streaky. Jeremy Grant, not a three-point shooter. No. Terrence Ferguson, um, outside that L.A. Laker game last year, not a very good three-point shooter. Russell Westbrook, not a three-point shooter. Patrick Patterson, kind of past his... 
prime. Dennis Schroeder, <laughs> not a very good three-point shooter, but can be streaky. Uh, Alex Sabrinas, good three-point shooter, but doesn't take he doesn't get a lot of opportunities. No. And uh, Hamadou Diallo, some good ones sometimes, though. Ha- Hamadou Diallo has shown that he can knock down a three-point shot, but tonight I think was the first time that we saw Diallo take a very bad shot. It was kind of a... Baseline, a mid-range baseline jumper. He kind of got stuck between the defense and no man's land and took a bad shot. But, yeah. I mean, that's that's just going to be the case with this team, I guess, unless something drastic happens. Yeah, no, I agree. And I want to ask you this. Who do you think would be the reliable person? If we're in crunch time once again, who do you think should be out there taking these shots? I mean, it needs to be either Russell or Paul. Yeah, because we kind of went through their whole roster, and and uh, as much as I want to no say, standing out. I mean, the smart thing is just put the ball in your best player's hands and either get to the foul line or hit your shot. Mm-hmm. But even if they get to the foul line, <laughs> I mean, Russell, what was he three? I mean, it's not the worst. Three of five. Paul George six of eight. But their free throw shooting has been has been inconsistent, and it's been yeah, particularly for Russell, it's been way off the map going back to last year and it that's not going to be the case the entire time that's something that i'm that i'm fairly confident that he will be able to right the ship on um he's a career 82 percent free throw shooter paul george a career 84 85 free throw shooter they're going to have their moments but it's just it's just been a bad it's been a terrible start to the year it's the first time oklahoma city's been 0 four since they've been in oklahoma city i think it was the first time the franchise has been 0 four since the year before they moved to oklahoma city um, from seattle and other than that this team has a terrible problem with defending without fouling they've not adjusted to the new holding call especially paul george and russell um and that's going to be on them to learn how to adjust yeah after that then you can you can start talking to me about hitting your shots. They need to learn how to defend without fouling first. Yeah, no, I agree. And so I guess we'll just put this one behind us, and Thunder's yeah. going to get ready for Sunday. Yeah. Sunday, so Sunday night that, against the Suns, but yeah, questions. Question time. Question time. Let's go to Twitter. Every time we do this podcast, Brady and I put out on Twitter that we want you guys to send us questions. We will read them on our podcast, and we will definitely answer them. So our first question that we're going to put out here comes from a Cole Hickson. Thanks so much for listening. How much of the problem is just not making open shots? And how much of that problem is the lack of shooting on the roster? Kind of something we just talked about, but we can hit it again. Yeah, I mean, this. if you just look at the roster, you've got Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Dennis Schroeder, Alex Arenas. Those guys are fairly good from the floor. Shooting wise, yes. Russell Westbrook not so much from deep. Then outside of that, you're depending on guys like Jeremy Grant, Terrence Ferguson, Hamadou Diallo, Raymond Felton if he ever gets some minutes. Gets you're you're depending on guys like that to hopefully knock down one or two shots between all, like maybe about four or five, four to six shots between all of them. If if that's the case, and you're probably going to have a that likely that's going to result in a win if that's if those are the numbers those guys are putting up, but. Paul George is streaky. Russell Westbrook is not a good three-point shooter. He can also be streaky because if he starts to press, he'll get mm-hmm. to the rim and look for in foul hunts and not get the foul and then have to race back on defense. Mm-hmm. And then the defense is already at a four or five disadvantage. So, I mean, everybody has known since the offseason that this team was going to struggle from shooting or shooting from the floor just because the players that they have on roster. They have a 15th spot open. 
I'm sure that is probably the most pressing matter in terms of the front office and what they're trying to do. Um, what can they do? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like the home run would be try to lure Kevin Love, but no. that, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Unless you want to say goodbye to Steven Adams. So I don't know. They they just need better they just need better solid shooting around this roster and they just don't have it. I'm wondering if that's going to come with the season. I don't know. But there were a lot of instances tonight where Russ was real short on his shot and it's almost as if they don't they're not entirely in the rhythm of where the basket is and I don't know there were just so many times even Steven Adams I actually wrote in my notes a lot of the floaters that we're trying to take right now because Hami's taking floaters, Steven's taking floaters, Jeremy Grant's trying to take floaters. That used to be Steven Adams' thing last year. He was really good at that hook shot and those floaters, and they're just not going in. They're either too hard or they're way too short, and they just barely brush the rim and just fall straight down. It's just not working out out there. Yeah, Adams, I think until like the three-minute mark, I stopped paying attention, but one of the more one of the more interesting stats from this game until that point, he may have picked up some fouls afterwards. Didn't have a foul. Yeah, that's true. Everybody else is in foul trouble except Played for clean. Steven Adams. <laughs> there you go. Interesting. Yeah. It's kind of out of the ordinary because I feel like Steven Adams is always the one that's actually in foul trouble. Him or Paul. Yeah, but Paul actually came through with that and was definitely in foul trouble. So let's move on. Uh, all right, this one comes from Patrick Robertson at Okipat2000 on Twitter. Russ's shots were consistently coming up short, short in the fourth. Yeah, that's exactly what we were just saying. Would giving him a couple minutes of rest at the six or seven minute mark maybe have helped? Good luck trying to sit Russell when he doesn't want to sit. I, I mean, he did. Yeah. He played 32 minutes, which is, I think, a little bit under the, his average. But I'm, I'm assuming he played a lot of minutes in that Kings game because the the Thunder were just down mm-hmm. the pretty much the entire game. So, I mean, he kind of said in the post game against Sacramento that he thought he played okay, and that he felt that he felt okay, and mm-hmm. then he thought he felt okay. Excuse me. So I'm sure there's still some rust on rust that he's probably dealing with, and that'll get better over time, of course. And now the Thunder. I mean, they've kind of had a weird start to the season in terms of they played on a Tuesday night in Oakland, then they waited three days in Los Angeles of all places mm-hmm. to play the Clippers and then they wait 2 days to come back to play their home opener against um against the Kings and then they wait another 4 days to play Boston then they play the Suns on Sunday and then it's where it kind of starts the whole you get 2 days off and then some doubleheaders start so mm-hmm. <clears throat> I can't talk it's late yeah <laughs> ask so another are question up. All right, so let's move on. This will be our last question of the night. It comes from Ben Burke on Twitter. Ben underscore Burke 10, thanks for listening. At what point do we hit the panic button? Also, should we expect the refs to be so whistle-happy from here on out? There were way too many phantom fouls tonight. Um, like I said, this these are the fouls that the NBA sent out in the offseason that they're going to start calling the hold calls. This which, is not like, going to change. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to that's change. It's not going to change. And it's not going to change because... If you guys have haven't been paying attention, scoring is up. It's it, it is through the roof right now. I mean, you you get you see scores that are routinely 120, 130 points even, and that's what the NBA wants. They want a high scoring game. It's better for fans. The fans enjoy it. Um, numbers are higher. The ratings are higher. That's what they want. It makes it a little bit more. So exciting. it's not going to be. I don't think it's going to be something like a few years ago where there was that delay of game um, call where. 
no matter what, you couldn't touch the ball after a score. Even if you dunked it and it just hit you as the ball came down, you'd get a delay of game call. They did that for about two weeks, and the NBA realized that's pretty impossible. Yeah, that's <laughs> so then they awful. stopped. So then they stopped calling it. They're not going to stop calling these hold calls that they've now implemented. They're going to start calling because it's helping scoring, mm-hmm. and that's on the Thunder to adjust. Other teams are starting to adjust. Um, Paul George has certainly struggled with it, and I think his shooting and his defense have been greatly affected by it. Russell has um, struggled with it as well. So it's just going to be on the Thunder to adjust to the way the game is being called now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. S- simply as, simple as that. And Russ noted, I think it was after the Kings game, uh, someone asked him to kind of wrap up his post-game availability, what he thought about all these new rules and all these new penalties and how the refs are handling all this, and he just said, I have no comment about that. So I, I, I can see that these players are getting a little bit frustrated. You can see it on the court. You can see it in the locker room. But that's not going to change. And like Brady just said, it's just going to be up to the team to make those adjustments and see what's needed in those areas and just fix it. Madison, let's uh, let's just close it out. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the Thunder lose 101-95 to the Boston Celtics in a game that was pretty much the exact same uh, as last year's. And I'll quote Brett Dawson again. Um, <laughs> last year's Celtics-Thunder game in Oklahoma City needs to sue this game for copyright infringement. <laughs> it was damn near the same the same performance. But, yes, once again, the Thunder lose 101-95. to They are 0-4 on the year. They've got the Phoenix Suns coming to town. That's uh, going to be a 6 o'clock tip-off Sunday night in Oklahoma City. So until then, everybody, uh, keep subscribing, keep listening to the OKC82 podcast. Uh, stay tuned for more content on thefranchiseok.com from Madison Morris and myself. Um, 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. We've got a lot of other great stuff coming your way, so please stay tuned and just enjoy it. Um, but for Miss Madison Morris, this is Brady Trantham. Good night, everybody.